Hello, and welcome to the Thrive in Change podcast. I'm Shannon LaBruyere. Hello, everybody. It's me, Shannon LaBruyere. I am live and loving it tonight. Welcome to Sunday Night Live, where we explore the principles that allow us to thrive in change. You know, the only thing that never changes is change. It's true. And the more resilient we are in the face of the changes that come our way, in in the face of the changes that we create, the better our life is going to be, the broader our impact is going to be, the healthier, the happier we are going to be. So kudos to you for leaning in and stretching yourself to learn how to deal with change because it is going to serve you well all the days of your life. I promise. So welcome to uh, anybody who's here for the first time. I'm delighted to have you and I encourage you to jump into the comments as this broadcast rolls out. Make sure that you give StreamYard permission to use your Facebook profile and photo so we know who you are. But absolutely jump in and join the conversation. We want to hear from you. I want to hear from you. And also, we're better together. So make sure you do that. Tonight, we are going to explore the Thrive Principle, hashtag trust the process. Sometimes the habit from Stephen Covey that we're going to talk about tonight, sometimes that habit does not feel intuitive. It feels like it's wrong. It feels like we're doing something that's not good. And I'm just here to tell you that tonight's topic is 100% about the process. It is about the process of serving, the process of pouring ourselves out, but then the process of regenerating and resting and rejuvenating and filling ourselves back up so that we can pour out again. We are exploring habit number seven from Stephen R. Covey's The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And that habit is sharpen the saw, sharpen the saw. A big shout out to Thumb Roast Coffee for caring about your growth. Thumb Roast Coffee cares about your life, your impact. Thumb Roast Coffee cares about us. And that's why they sponsor this Sunday Night Live broadcast. Thank you. Thank you, Thumb Roast Coffee. And even better, they have offered you a discount on the most delicious coffee on earth, which is Thumb Roast Coffee. You can get it. Even if you don't want to drive to Michigan's Thumb to Croswell, you can get Thumb Roast Coffee. All you have to do is go to thumbroastcoffee.com and click on your favorite roast, buy a couple of bags. You are going to love them. And they will mail them directly to your home. It smells so good in the mailbox. It is awesome. And you get 15% off when you use the coupon code THRIVE, T-H-R-I-V-E at thumbroastcoffee.com is going to get you the best coffee on the planet right to your door. I want you to try it because it's my favorite. I look forward to it every day. 
All right. Let's see who we've got here. Ah, Phillip's here. Awesome. Good to see you. Mary, I'm glad you're here with us live. Tammy, mwah. Tammy's been working on Hubbard Lake Connect. I'm so proud of you, Tammy. Shout out for those of you who are watching or listening. Be sure to check out Hubbard Lake Connect. On Facebook, they've got a great Facebook page. It is a wonderful retreat center in Hubbard Lake, Michigan, and it is amazing. It is especially wonderful for people who love to craft and scrapbook. Uh, it's got all kinds of stuff for you. So, um, Tammy, I'm proud of you, and I'm really glad that you have chosen to lean in to Sunday Night Live, to live stream leadership, and your dreams are coming true. So, woohoo! Okay. So let's get started on tonight's topic. Um, we are going to talk about habit number seven, sharpen the saw. But first, a quick review. Habit number one from the seven habits of highly effective people by Stephen R. Comfy. Habit number one is be proactive. Here's the thing. Leaders are proactive. If you are leading yourself well, you will make choices toward the direction you want to go. You will not simply respond to events as they occur to you, but you are, if you are going to be an effective person, you are going to lead yourself well by being proactive, making choices to take you in the direction you want to go, not just waiting for things to happen to you and then responding. That's allowing the world to choose your path, or sometimes we allow the people around us to make our choices and we just respond to it and go along with it or complain about it. But you can, through habit number one, become an effective person by being, being proactive. Habit number two, begin with the end in mind. Where do you want to go? Because if you don't know where you want to go, any path is going to get you nowhere. When you have a clear understanding of who you are, what you want, what you'd like to happen in the midst of the change that you're experiencing, when you have a clear vision of that, then your brain just sets it like, it's like setting a GPS course. Like I'm here and I want to get there. And you've made the proactive choice to walk in that direction. And you've got a picture of what you'd like your life to look like, what you'd like the result to be. And when you have that mental picture you are going to have a much better chance of actually accomplishing it. We begin with the end in mind. Everything happens inside of us before it happens outside. Everything is created up here and in here before it ever manifests around us. Understand that and be proactive about choosing your vision. And Carol's here. Hi, Carol. I'm thrilled to see you. All right. Habit number three is put first things first. The important things cannot suffer at the hands of the urgent things in your life. The important cannot be at the mercy of the urgent. The ringing telephone, the dinging text, the relative who's got constant drama. Those urgent, seemingly urgent situations cannot rob you of the time and energy that you need to focus on what is truly important to you. And knowing what's important to you is the key to being able to put first things first. First things first means you understand what's truly important for you in your life. 
you've chosen that. You haven't accepted somebody else's telling you what matters to you. You've chosen it proactively and you can, through putting first things first, learn to say no to that urgent nonsense that robs you of your chance to be effective, of your ability to change the world. Carol's got it. FOMO, fear of missing out. Putting first things first means we set aside FOMO and we pick up <laughs> my fun phrase, JOMO, which is the joy of missing out. We are not living anybody else's life. We are in charge of our own. We have to live our own life. And that means we are going to Heartbreaker here, you guys, we are going to miss out on some things that other people think are amazing. Sometimes we miss out on things that we think are amazing, but we know that we've got something else more important to put our time, our talent, and our energy in. So putting first things first is habit three. Habit four is think win-win. Too many of us go into especially stressful change, for example, when a company collapses or they shut down a division and people are being let go or people are being reassigned, we can get sucked into this idea that there are going to be winners and losers. I encourage you to employ habit number four as often as you, as often as you can. Think win, win. The company can win. You can win. The other people can win. If you understand that that is a possibility, it opens up a whole lot of exciting chain chances to make the most of opportunities that you would not see if you were thinking win-lose. You don't always have to lose for somebody else to benefit. You can win as well. So it works both ways. You don't always have to be the winner when somebody else loses, and you don't always have to be the loser and let somebody else win. There is a better way, and it is God's way. It is God's way. God is a God of abundance. And he thinks win-win, even when things don't look so great, even when things discourage us or distract us or feel hard, there are still great things that can come to us in the midst of those changes if we are able to open ourselves up to the possibility that there don't have to be losers and winners. There can be winners and winners and winners. And there is good in every situation. We call that find the beauty. All right. <laughs> Habit five is <laughs> seek first to understand and then be understood. We want people to understand us, don't we? We do. We want to be understood. And I want to understand you. And I want you to understand me. Who goes first? Who goes first? You go first, my friend. You seek first to understand. Be the one to be curious. Be the one to ask the question. Be the one to say, oh, that's interesting. Tell me more. Oh, that's interesting. Tell me more. I did not realize that. That is fascinating. Tell me more. When you are that person and you are listening truly, not just with your ears, but with your eyes, with your heart, when you do that, you create connections with people that allow them to hear what you have to say, even when you disagree. It's an amazing thing. Habit number five, seek first to understand and then be understood. Sometimes we try to fix problems that weren't problems at all, or we've got fixes for problems we don't understand. I'm a know-it-all, you guys. I used to do that all the time. And sometimes I do still, but I try to catch myself. 
solving a problem for somebody before we actually understand what the problem is. Seek first to understand, then be understood. All right. Number six is synergize. We are better together. We are better together. One plus one can equal way more than two when we connect ourselves with people who share the same values as we have, the same core values, but think different thoughts. I had a great conversation with uh, a lady who's a member of our Livestream Leadership Program, and her daughter is a member as well. And she was talking about how different she sees things from how her daughter sees things. And if they are going to drive to a place, inevitably, one of them would have taken a different route every time, but they share the same core values. They come together and can be so creative and have such great experiences because they don't think the same thoughts. Synergize means that we are open to not having it just be our way, but putting our ideas out there on the table and seeing what happens when others who are going for the same goal put theirs into it as well. It is exhilarating. It's awesome. Highly recommend it. Synergize. All right. Whew. That was our review. Now let's talk about sharpen the saw. Oh, but first, Carol says this, love the Jomo. She loves the joy of, leave, of uh, missing out, she says, and she leaves her phone at home. Woot, woot. I don't know if I'm as strong as that, Carol, but I will say there's a lot that I, I miss out on now. I've made changes in my life so that I'm not even tempted to get dragged down the rabbit hole. Um, I enjoy missing out. So I'm glad you are learning to leave your phone at home and experiencing great value from that. Um, it's awesome. All right, let's talk about sharpen the saw. My daughter was cooking. I was over at her house. She was cooking dinner and she was um, slicing up some onions for potato soup. Looked delicious. It was delicious. It was great. She's cutting up onions and she says, I got a new knife set. And she said, I didn't realize how hard I was working trying to cook. She goes, cooking is so much easier now because I bought a new knife set. And so I said, oh yeah, you know, it, it is amazing what a sharp knife will do. And it just, you know, cuts through things like butter. And so I offered to help. So I get a knife and I get this potato and I run this knife through this potato and it truly was like running it through butter. And I realized that my knives at my house are dull. This whole time, I've been lecturing my daughter. You need to get better knives. You've got one janky knife here, and it's it's got not even got a good end on it. And you're going to hurt yourself with that. You need to get a better knife. She gets better knives. And then I find out that this whole time I've been lecturing her, I haven't been attending to my knives. Or like Stephen Covey says, I haven't been sharpening my saw. We can get so busy doing good things that we forget that we need to regenerate. We need to sharpen. We need to rest. An effective person learns that rest is as important as productivity. It's as important as learning and growing. Resting is, is an, as 
as important an activity as, as anything else you will do in your life. And not just resting, sharpening yourself. So what does that look like? What does sharpening yourself mean? Well, sharpening yourself means that you allow yourself to, for one, rest so that you can be fresh and come at things with a fresh perspective. Anybody ever hear yourself just being crabby, 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 crabby? <laughs> and you realize, oh man, I need to take a nap or, oh man, I need to get better rest. <clears throat> we get crabby. We get crabby when we don't get rest. Our body starts to run down. But we don't just need to rest. We also need to grow. Sharpening the saw means that we rest so that we can regenerate. But it also means that we sharpen our senses. We sharpen our abilities. We sharpen our knowledge. You right now are sharpening the saw. You are taking time out of a busy schedule to listen to a podcast or watch a live broadcast, or maybe it's a YouTube recording now. You are taking time out of your busy schedule to sharpen yourself to get better, to get better. I never will forget before I learned to type well, what it was like for me to try and write essays type documents. And it was hunt and peck, hunt and peck. And I was so slow at it. So slow. There was a better way. When I learned to type without looking, oh my word, amazing things started to happen. I was so much faster. It was awesome. I had no idea there was a better way. I didn't know it would make that much of a difference. Sharpening the saw means you are more effective with less effort. You are more effective with less effort when you sharpen the saw. And so I'm going to ask you, what do you need to learn about your job, about your role as a parent or as a mentor or as a uh, uncle or an aunt? What do you need to learn? How can you sharpen your saw? What do you need to learn about the time of life that you're in the midst of right now? What would happen if you sharpened your saw and explored ways to, for example, take better care of your health, ways to deal with grief and disappointment? What would happen if you explored ways that you could get better at singing or playing the piano or sewing or doing your favorite hobby? What would happen if you took time out of your schedule to explore ways that you could get better at something that just makes you happy, that just brings you joy, something that's fun. We have to sharpen the saw if we are going to be effective. Here's what I know. Uh, when I was in cooking class way, way back at Utica High School, <laughs> when I was in cooking class, they taught us that a sharp knife might seem scarier, but a dull knife is far more dangerous. And I got to witness that firsthand. My mom was afraid of knives and she did not like a sharp knife. So she had this dull old knife and she was cutting something for dinner. And because the knife wasn't sharp, she had to push down really hard 
and it didn't want to go through. And I'm not sure if she was cutting potatoes or what she was cutting, but it didn't want to go through. And so instead it slid and whacked her finger. It wasn't pretty, you guys. It wasn't pretty. When we are dull, when we are mentally dull, when we are physically dull, emotionally dulled, we do damage. We damage ourselves and others. It is important for us to be sharp so that we do not cause unnecessary confusion or cause unnecessary grief for others, but also so that we don't make more work for ourselves. My husband cuts down uh, the trees on our property and turns them into firewood. And he says it's so tempting to keep going because he wants to finish the task, even when the chainsaw is dull. He said, but it turns out it's going to take three times longer to do the same amount of work because the chainsaw is dull. He said, so I have to stop. I can't just push through, even though it's tempting. I have to step back and I have to say, all right, it's time to sharpen it, time to refresh, time to regenerate, and then go back at the task. If you find yourself pushing, pushing, pushing to understand something, to get something done, to accomplish a goal, I'm here to tell you that maybe you're pushing too much and it's time to step back and say, all right, what skill do I need to get that's going to make this accomplishing this goal easier? What tools do I need to buy to make this job easier? What can I do to get more rest so that I'm fresh when I approach my problems, right? Oh, Philip says this. I taught my mother to use a sharp knife and she loved it. I'll bet she did, Philip. I'll bet she did. So this principle is probably really resonating with you. Philip, I encourage you, look at your life and say, where is your knife dull? And where would you accomplish more or be more happy or, or more productive if you sharpened it? Where are Um, all right. The next one is Carol. And she says, my mom was a true believer of Cutco knives and she was so careful with money, but she felt the investment in buying me a set was something she felt was important. And I value them today. They are invaluable. Carol, what a great example. What a great example of investing to stay sharp, investing to stay sharp. It is so tempting sometimes to take shortcuts. I'm not going to take those classes. I'm not going to learn how to fill in the blank. And then we struggle and we don't know what we're doing. And we're constantly, constantly revisiting the same old paths and mistakes. When we invest in sharpening our saw, we create a lasting value, not just in our lives, but in the lives of others. This coming year, I will be doing a wonderful exercise, not an exercise. It would be a wonderful challenge, if you will, called the Jomo Challenge. And it will be encouraging people to put first things first and learn how to manage our social media and devices in a way that serves us. They're not the boss of us. We're the boss of them. And it's called the Jomo Challenge. An opportunity for those of you who struggle with social media 
taking over your life, it's a great opportunity for you to say, all right, I'm going to lean in. I'm going to invest a little money. I'm going to sharpen the saw. I'm going to spend $50 and buy back, if you will, hundreds, if not thousands over time of hours of contentment, effectiveness, joy. We get them all back. Simple investments. The most valuable thing you have is your time. Investing your time into classes like this, into discussions like this, invaluable investment. It will pay off over and over and over because your saw will be sharp. You'll know how to communicate better, deal with change better. Oh my gosh. And I think about live stream leadership and what those ladies are accomplishing because they keep their saw sharp. It's incredible, incredible stuff. So where do you need to sharpen your saw? Where are you getting dull? Where are you getting dull? Where do you need to learn a new skill to make what you have to do easier? Where do you need to buy a new tool? Do you need to buy a sharper knife like my daughter did so that making dinner was more e was easier and more pleasant? There are things in our lives can, that can really, really dull our saw, if you will. And one of them is overuse. I want you to note this as we wrap up uh, our final Sunday Night Live for 2022, you guys. This will be the last one because we will not be here next, uh, next Sunday, the 25th of December, because it is Christmas. So we will all be sharpening our saw, spending time with family or just relaxing and enjoying. Uh, all right. So what was I saying? It was important. It was riveting. I can't believe I lost it. <laughs> oh, the things that dull us. Overuse dulls us. Overuse dulls us. So step back. Take breathers. Allow your brain to regenerate and take a deep breath and literally take a deep breath and figuratively let your brain have some space, have a little bit of margin so it can get its creativity back so it can get its focus back. So overuse will dull us. But also sometimes rubbing shoulders with people who are negative, who don't share our values, surrounding ourselves with people who continually cross our boundaries can dull us. It can make us very ineffective and it can also make us dangerous. <laughs> we, we get fed up, right? And then we lose our temper. Be careful who you spend your time with. We absolutely need to spend time with people who are different than we are, that maybe don't believe the same things we do. I'm not saying that we have to constantly surround ourselves with people who are, quote unquote, better than us, because we are called to help others as well. But we cannot spend all of our time with people that we are helping. We have to spend time with people who sharpen us, who stretch our thinking, with people who ask us good questions, tough questions that help us to really dig deep. It's important. So overuse will dull us. Spending too much time with the, with the wrong people or people who take from us instead of giving will dull us. Poor eating will dull us. Our body doesn't have the nutrients it needs to do what it needs to do, right? Carol says, investing in learning is so important. And our class on Saturday morning is something I never want to miss. 
here, here. <laughs> we have learned to value time, think of ways to get the most out of life and be happy. Incredible. I have learned to be debt-free, learn to rest, learn to make better decisions with jobs I take. One example with my husband's family Christmas gathering I had last night at my house, Carol says, it was using paper plates and silverware and cooking in tin pans that I could throw away rather than wash. Everyone was still, let's see, I can't get the rest of it, Carol. I'll bet they were still happy though. For some reason, I only see a part of your comment. Everyone was still happy, weren't they? Yeah. You put first things first. You valued spending time with them more than you valued cleaning, right? <laughs> I love it. And Philip's just giving a thumbs up. That's good. That's good. All right, my friends, as you go, I wish you every blessing this Christmas season. If you do not know Jesus, he's the reason for the season and his principles are the principles that I've built my life on and I have, I have flourished and I'm grateful and I am happy to introduce you to him and his principles. And if you have any questions about that, feel free to reach out. I don't do that every time on Sunday night live, but during this Christmas season, I just, I just want you to know uh, Jesus is amazing. And he's done amazing things for me and in me and through me. And if you are interested to find out more about that, I am interested in sharing it. All right. I love you all. <laughs> Carol says, thank you. And Carol, I say thank you. Thank each one of you for listening, for choosing to grow and lean in. God bless you. And I will see you on, I'm going to say, January 1st. Bye.